Good evening and welcome to the Psychic Coffee Shop. I'm Asa Knight and sitting down with me tonight is uh, Martin, Martina McDowell. Um, the fictional horror garden historian. <laughs> this is fun. And you probably don't understand why, because I have a famous saying that, you know, I'll just plant, you know, someone gets on my nerves, I'll just plant a rose bush on top of you. Um, <laughs> so how did you get into historical landscaping and gardening? Well, let's see. Long, long time ago, I visited a garden called Dumb Barton Oaks. It's in Georgetown, so in Washington. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a lovely old estate garden. Uh, you know, it's open to the public now. And mm -hmm. it was designed by this woman named Beatrix Farrand. And I'd never heard of her. And I thought, well, why don't, why doesn't everybody know this woman's name? And so mm -hmm. I just started, I don't know, I started researching her. I got very interested in that. And then it just branched out from there, you know. So that was one of my, like, she was one of my entry drugs. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so. And it can get very addictive in gardening and the different styles of gardening. And some of them were still trying to figure out, okay, why did they do that? <laughs> like some of the English gardens, especially like the English different castle gardens that really didn't pop up till what, the 1400s when they started doing the big, elaborate non-vegetable growing field gardens well yeah, it was like kind of 18th century was the big english landscape style because they started like essentially enclosing the land and mm -hmm. you know i hate to say it like kicking the people kicking the mm -hmm. little people off the land so they'd have these great estates and uh and so, yeah, around the, you know, 1700s, a lot of that going on. A lot of big money, you know, big wealth coming into England at that time because of the trade. Mm -hmm. And they were spending it on all sorts of things, including their gardens. Right. <laughs> so they did all sorts of wacky things. They had grottos, you know, they had mm -hmm. mazes, all sorts of things. So they had hermits. They had hermits. Occasionally there was a hermit. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a garden, you know, today we'd call them garden gnomes, but living garden gnomes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hire a hermit, you know, like you might right. hire somebody to mow your lawn. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, and I need a hermit. Right. <laughs> so it's no wonder they had the Hobbit, right? You know, it's right. no wonder Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. 
very much so. How much do you think that that the the older gardening styles, or you know, even like the Oriental gardens, have affected people's perceptions of things? Well, you know, the Asian garden styles are very philosophical, but so were the English, and so were mm -hmm. the French. Right? Those very like kind of Versailles, you know, all those big parterres and those really mm -hmm. huge fancy gardens like for Louis the 14th, you know, that was all about the enlightenment. That was, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, we're going to control nature. We're going to control everything. Right. Uh, so yeah, you know, every major culture has a garden style and it really, right. really has a lot of influence. How much do you think it's connected to our psyche? To our psyche? Well, I think we need to be outside, you know, it's right. like, you feel totally different when you're outside. I think gardening is good for you. You know, I, I don't think, right. you know, they talk about that forest bathing now, but, you know, just go outside. You know, it's like right. I think about, you know, when I was a kid, we just were outside all the time. We'd go out in the morning and we wouldn't come home unless we were, like, hungry. <laughs> if then, you know, yeah. some people you were told, get out and don't come back until the streetlights come out. <laughs> There you go. Now, my mother would yell out the back door. <laughs> ah, very cool. Um, yeah. So, as you sat down, because you wrote another book also on gardening and different garden styles, and then you got into this one. Why'd you go fiction? So, I have written, really, most of the books I have written, Asen, have been on... Uh, writers who garden. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a book about Emily Dickinson and her gardens, so poetry and gardens. I wrote a book about Beatrix Potter and her gardens. So you have like cute little animals like Peter Rabbit and right. garden. Uh, you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder, you have Little House on the Prairie and gardening. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been my interest because mm -hmm. I always find I like to have a hook more than mm -hmm. just gardening. I mean, there are loads of people write wonderful books about how to grow vegetables and how mm -hmm. to grow beautiful roses and how to grow flowers. I was interested in something that, you know, kind of brought me in other directions. And so that's been a lot of fun. So for that reason, I spend a lot of time in libraries and archives when I'm doing my work, you know, doing the research. Mm -hmm. And then we had this little global pandemic, see? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all the libraries were closed. And even when the, you know, like the archivists could get back in, you know, you imagine them like sneaking in with their masks on, working mm -hmm. alone. They had like, you know, hundreds of people saying, can you scan this for me? Because nobody could get to the archives. So I thought I need to do something where I can write about things I can get, right? And I can mm -hmm. get murder mysteries, right? Because right. we can still get ebooks. I mean, my local library, you could still borrow books. They put them in mm -hmm. paper bags and leave them out in the back hall, but you could still get them. So that's how this really came about. It was like, you know, oh, we gotta do we gotta do something so we don't go nuts. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> let's let's do this because it was fun and that right. is you know i really was trying to make this a fun read 
Uh, I worked with a friend of mine to do these very funny illustrations. So you'll see these garden scenes like with a toe sticking out of the fountain because that's where they hid the body. <laughs> <laughs> and so I read a hundred, I think a hundred short stories and novels to put this book together. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so what plants did you choose? Because we were talking earlier, you know, about house plants that can be poisonous and, you know, it, in the goth community and you know it's been a thing to have like a poisonous garden right in it, you know so right so a lot of the plants that i included you might not think about as being poisonous right mm -hmm. so you know like when i was a kid on either side of our front porch there were these yew trees you know they're big blobby evergreens that people grow along their foundation mm -hmm. and uh they were they were poisonous you know who knew mm -hmm. uh you know it's like well okay so agatha christie used them you know i have lily mm -hmm. of the valley growing alongside my driveway right okay lily of, the, lily of the valley is toxic so if you take the wrong amount of it oops yep can kill you so mm -hmm. You know, it appears in mysteries. It was in a, one of the seasons of Breaking Bad. Right. <laughs> Lily, Lily of the Valley. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got to include things like that. Rhubarb, right? I love rhubarb pie. Mm -hmm. I grow rhubarb. You know, you eat the stalk. Right. I always knew that. But Naomi Hirohara, this wonderful author from California, used it in one of her mysteries that, you know, somebody made a really concentrated pie <laughs> with the leaves of rhubarb and used it as a murder weapon. So, you know, it hmm. was fun to weave those things in. Uh, you know, of course, you've got the obvious ones like opium poppies and poison hemlock. But you also have foxglove, which are these really pretty pink flowers, and delphinium, you know, and uh, monkshood, which is this right. big, you know, big blue flower, you know, but very right. poisonous. Um, right. You know, they sell them in my local nursery. They don't come with a warning label. It's not like they say, oh, this is toxic. <laughs> they sell foxglove there? interesting yeah you can but foxglove is weird because it's a biennial it has to grow uh -huh. like a rosette of leaves one year and then mm -hmm. the next year you get the bloom uh so they will sell like one-year-old plants so that you don't have mm -hmm. to wait so right. yeah we, we can get them on our local nursery uh another one i like is castor bean not because mm -hmm. i want to take castor oil uh, you right. know, castor, castor oil, something like I remember my dad saying, well, you know, they dose us with castor oil in the, mm -hmm. you know, in the winter. So, you you know, your system right. would keep yeah. moving. Uh, right. You know, it's it's really potent and it's quite toxic. So ricin yeah. is, is like super toxic. Uh, you know, it's been weaponized. And it was uh, Margaret Truman, who was Harry Truman's daughter, wrote mm -hmm. these murder mysteries. She had some help, but, you know, she put out this series of capital crimes mysteries. And in one of them, she uses castor bean, which is this big brown bean that she has substituted for an espresso bean, which, I mean, if you ever saw an espresso bean and a castor bean, you'd think... They don't oh, look this... the same. No, they don't look... I mean, they're both brown and sort of oval, but one's, like, really big and the other one's small. Mm -hmm. um, but what... 
when I was, can I tell you a true crime story? Sure. Is that okay? Yeah. So when I was starting out this project, a woman that I knew, you know, I had known, she'd moved out of town. She called me like kind of out of the blue and said, you have a few minutes to talk. And I said, yeah, um, sure. You know, she said, she'll take about 10 minutes. And she said, I moved to this retirement community in New England. I can't remember. It was either Vermont or New Hampshire called Wake Robin. Mm-hmm. And she said, after I got here, uh, there was this like sudden outbreak of people having to be taken to the emergency room for these like severe, you know, gastric problems. And somebody in the hospital got a little suspicious and ran some tests and then like called the local police because they had ricin in their systems, castor bean. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they inv- the police investigate this and they found out that one of the other residents had read or like, I don't know, seen on TV, something about castor bean, and it was growing around their retirement community as an annual. You know, it's very showy. And she started collecting seeds and grading them up. You know, you can imagine her in the Mm -hmm. kitchen and putting them in those like little coffee pods and then handing them out to her neighbors to, you know, like see what would happen. Oh, and like goodness. this is true. Like you look up yeah. the retirement community, do a web search, you will find the story. Oh so, my goodness! Needless is to it... say, I think she's living somewhere else now, and they're not letting her prepare her own meals. <laughs> Nor should they let her be preparing right, her own right. meals. She's you know, being it's like... like she's in a different sort of institution now. Right. So you know what? nobody died that's the good thing luckily nobody died. you know yes. i did not luckily you know, i don't know if, do you think this is right i did not include that in my book because i thought well it's not really the fault of the retirement community that there was it isn't but that is a good premise though yeah <laughs> yes are you a writer you could use that i am not a writer um <laughs> i i i'm a blogger i i do more voice and video stuff but okay. that could be a good premise because, you know, you know, in general, when we look at plants, we have a lot of similarity in stories. I mean, if we look like Practical Magic, that yep. is filled with plant imagery all the way through. You, you bet. Know, you bet. You know, from the yeah, belladonna yeah. to the roses to, you know, that type of things. And it's like, hmm. You know, and I found it interesting. They didn't go instantly to like mandrake because that's normally a throw-in poison. Yes. You know, but a very beautiful flower. You know, I don't actually know what the flower looks like. That's funny. It's I've seen very, pictures of the root. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a what the ones that I saw pictures of because of course you can't have them is like a white lily but multiple bloom levels. Like it's instead okay. of a single, it's like a double-headed one yeah 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 i mean that's you know mandrakes in harry potter it's you know it's in any of those fantasy books you Mm -hmm. always see mandrake absolutely yeah but you know so you you know that would have been easy but no they went for like belladonna and then all these other herbs and we have people nowadays that are going back and looking at their gardens going hmm what can i do with this like roses are eatable pansies are eatable and it's yep. like that can be very 
positive, but also very dangerous. Well, you have to know, right? You yeah. have to know. And, you know, what I tell people is, look, don't plant the things that you know are poisonous near your little vegetable boxes or your, you know, or your vegetable bed, especially mm -hmm. if you have, you know, people, you're living with people who go like help you pick salad. Right. And, you know, they'll accidentally pick foxglove leaves, which are green, you know, if they're right next to the lettuce and you don't know, I mean, they're a little right. fuzzy, so, but still. It's yeah, and still, it looks like it could be, you know, it can go into a salad very yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like digitalis is looks perfectly fine in a salad. You yes. know, there's been many husbands that have salads that way and oops, <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> well, my spouse did get a little worried when I was writing this book. But, you know, it's not only plants, right? In the garden, right. you're also using lots of tools that are heavy or sharp and and, you know, if you're a mystery writer and you have written 20 mysteries, you've got to come up with some new murder weapon. <laughs> you're going to look exactly. at your garden shed. <laughs> right. You know, or, you know, and see, they're fine. I think they have found different things. You know, different people have died in gardens, different connections, and there's different styles of gardening now. It isn't just like throw plants out off there. Or, you know, oh, we're going to do an English garden or a French garden. They're morphing and changing. Where do you see them going? You know, what is going to be the history? Well, now, you know, there really is a push for growing plants that are local to your area. You know, to do mm -hmm. your little bit to help the planet. And cut down on lawn. Now, I will say in my own neighborhood, that's still very much in the minority, right? Like people mm -hmm. still have a lawn. They still have their lawn service. They have mm -hmm. not a lot of flowers uh, or other beds because I think it's just ease of maintenance. And, you know, mm -hmm. people look out the window and they want their lawn to be like a carpet and they want a place for their kids to play. And, the, you know, those are all good reasons to have lawn right. and yet it's not doing anything for the bugs or the birds you know and so that's that's the point is to try right. to balance that you know it's the same thing in your house you know it's like we should try to reduce the amount of plastics we use and you know it's mm -hmm. like we try yeah you know but yeah. you have to live right so right. <laughs> you know yes it was it was much easier to do a hundred years ago but uh nor does anybody want to be washing their clothes by hand. <laughs> exactly. You know, so there comes that logical side. It's like before show, we were talking about like in California and Arizona, how they're pushing for the desert landscaping to yeah. come back. Yeah. And I am like, they need someone to get out there to teach you. Yeah. It's the amount of water, I think, is the problem. You know, right. around here, you know, we had, it was raining like every other day this year. <laughs> yeah, but, it was. You know, out there, they just don't get rain. And, and I think they're just having a real problem with the aquifers. You know, water right. is not something you can just go, okay, we'll move it from West Virginia to California. <laughs> right. And, you know, we've had some faux pas with that. I mean, especially here in West Virginia, you know. Our lovely state forest thought in the 50s that, you know, cutcurry, 
was a good idea to bring from Japan. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was not. Yeah. You yeah. know. You bet. I mean, we've got them around here, like porcelain vine. It's like it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, all you need People... is a few seeds and a building can be gone in a month. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> At least up here, the kudzu gets killed off because it's too cold. <laughs> Not here. It's actually been a big problem in like our national forest because originally yeah. they had planted it for, and I don't understand this. Maybe you can explain this, why they were doing this during the 50s, why they were playing with like Asian garden styles and Asian plants in our natural forests for well, like they, erosion. Think, yeah, I think they had no idea that it would that they would go like crazy like that. You know, it's like <laughs> in Florida where they're having a problem with pythons, right? Right. Like, you know, somebody's got a python, the kid had a python, the kid goes to college, they don't want the python, they let the python out the back door. I, I think nobody had any idea that python was, you know, going to get together with another python and they were going to have like a lot of python. Right. Uh, I, I think it's the same thing with the kudzu. I mean, I remember reading in a garden near me, uh, somebody's plant, they had like index cards for the plants they were buying for this really big garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, they bought this Oriental bittersweet, uh, you know, it's right. a really, it's really pretty in the fall. Mm -hmm. And so they, they bought it, you know, they thought, Oh, this will be great. We'll have this unusual plant. And, you know, you know, they planted it and, you know, there's little notes every year. And then like at year five, they kind of went, uh Oh, you know, like this was right. a really bad idea. It's everywhere. And it was too late, right? You can't mm -hmm. like close the door. You know, the, <laughs> the horse is out of the barn. It's, it's too very late. much so. Yeah. 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 Um, what's been your funnest gardening project? Because you oh, also the... consult people on landscaping and I reconstruction. I do. I do. The most fun I ever had was uh, there was this. There's this public garden. It's it's a park. It's a county park that is a working farm. So Miss Foster, who owned the property, she was a real character. Uh, you know, she smoked, she shot a gun. She, she, she was mm -hmm. just a character. She never married. She lived till she was a hundred. And she had, her mother died when she was young and her father, you know, was always on her case. So she decided I'll show him, I'm going to build myself a little garden cottage. And she did. She like, mm -hmm. you know, got measurements and she built this really cute little Cape Cod style house out in the garden. And so that was still there. Uh, you know, she had died, I don't know, like, I can't remember, probably 50 years before that, but the garden was completely grassed over. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of research on old pictures and they had all of her plant orders and we figured out what we could put in and we got funding. And so we put that garden back in. And I think that was my most fun. It was just a hoot, especially because when we lifted the turf that had just, you know, they'd been mowing it for years, mm -hmm. Some of the bulbs started coming up again that were her bulbs. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They were like Star of Bethlehem and things that she had mm -hmm. in her garden that, you know, two years later they were blooming again. Wow. So that, that was really so fun. So cool. You know, for yeah, them to come it, out of dormancy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like magic, right? A little mm -hmm. garden magic. 
Uh, so things like that are fun. Very cool. Very cool. What's been your hardest? Oh, my hardest. Ooh. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes I sign up to do things mm -hmm. and I really like I said yes too soon. Uh-huh. So uh, about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, somebody said, we want to put out a reprint edition of this herbal, which is a book of useful plants mm -hmm. that was that was first put together in the 1730s in London. And this woman did 500 paintings of different plants. And we want to put out a new edition. And would you write the introduction? You know, I mm -hmm. thought, oh, that's really cool. Uh, so I started researching and realized that, like, no one really knew anything about this woman. Her name was Elizabeth Blackwell. Everybody knew about her husband because he was like, I don't know. He, he had all these jobs that he wasn't qualified for. He eventually right. talked himself into this job with the king of Sweden, got embroiled into some political intrigue and got executed, right. got his head cut off. You know, so that, that like overshadowed his wife who'd done this right. big book uh, to get him out of debtor's prison. I mean, it's like really a convoluted story. So that was the hardest. <laughs> I actually right. tracked down someone who was doing her dissertation about this woman. And I said, oh God, would you write this? You know, you, I'll, you'll be in the book, you'll get paid. Right, <laughs> I'll do can you take this over? Yeah, please. <laughs> so know. I wrote about the plants and, you know, sort of the time period and she wrote the biography. <laughs> Where do you see us going with gardening? Do you see us returning to the big estate gardens or the 1950s little beds with different things that we seem to have been, been stuck in for a couple of decades now? Yeah, what I'm seeing of people that really have a lot of money and interest in gardening is they are putting in some very elaborate gardens. Mm -hmm. uh, again, that style is sort of that new kind of natural style where it's a lot mm -hmm. more grasses and kind of loose perennials. Uh, but there's one in Connecticut. I can't remember the name of it. But like he's built a pagoda, you know, he's done all sorts of things. So what you need, unfortunately, for gardening, you either need a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I spend a lot of time in my garden actually digging or you need a lot of money to get other people to do it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, people are still making beautiful gardens. And so they that's are. good. You and know, then it's... there's like the botanical that you lecture at in New York, but there's a lot yeah. of those around that are yeah. literally just people's gardens that took off and then, yeah. you know, went on. You bet. You Do bet. Do you see any modern versions of that occurring? Uh, so I see, uh, in terms of trends, I would say house plants are huge again. Right. You know, they were kind of like, eh, not much going on. Uh, there was a lot right in the 1960s and 70s. I remember mm -hmm. like my sisters coming home with houseplants from college, like big ones. This was something new. Right. Uh, but then for decades, it was like nothing. And now I think it's enormous. You know, people right. just 
growing loads of plants. Uh, in terms of public gardens, um, I don't know. You know, it's like the big national parks, a lot of that happened, you know, back mm -hmm. Teddy Roosevelt and people like right. that. Uh, uh, around me, we'll get an occasionally we'll get a new state park. Uh, mm -hmm. Believe it or not, New Jersey has quite a bit of open space and and it's well funded. You know, people right. get behind it even though it means taxes, which they don't like. Um, and, and so that's a good thing, right? You know, because green space has been proven to affect the psychology of people. Yeah. You know, and there used to be in city plans green spaces. I mean, that's why we have Central Park. That's why we, right. you know, have a lot of, and, you know, if we look at more modernized cities like Miami and other places, they've not included that Edwardian, like, 50% green area for people. It's true. Although I find that cities are, if they have a waterfront, this includes Miami, you know, they, yeah. they are starting to really work on making it more of a recreational area where people can walk and bike. And, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's just more space for people to get out and, you know, either mm -hmm. just enjoy the open air or, you know, participate in sports and things like that. Right walk ride yeah yeah but, what's your favorite under turf like do you like to mulch or do you like to do like i like the... plants <laughs> so okay. i like no mulch i like to plant really tight wow right so i use ground cover plants so i'll use low plants mm -hmm. and no mulch i just don't like mulch i'll only mm -hmm. mulch when it's a new planting and I really want to keep the soil moist. Right. Right. But in general, I am not a fan. And I know that is counter to what a lot of people do because they have, they want their, you know, their shrubs and then they want mulch. I don't want to see wood chips everywhere. <laughs> no, I actually love that because, you know, I have a, my front yard is a very small front yard and we have roses and, um, different annuals in there and it's been like i've been trying to figure out i don't want to have to go in there and mulch because i'm a lazy gardener if i'm right. going and plant it once and right. don't have to do the updating and it just comes back every year and just keeps getting bigger and then like the fall you have to go and do your trimming and that type of thing obviously yeah. but i love that idea because there's a few people's neighborhoods in here then they do um annuals and it's like every father you know every two months they're out there pulling pots out of the ground and putting new ones in i'm yeah. like what's the point not for me i mean it's like yeah in the fall everybody here gets potted chrysanthemums right uh -huh. and it's like they i don't know they appear overnight and i go what a waste of money you know yeah. it's like i'd rather have asters or something you know that it's gonna just bloom every year and come back i don't want right. to have to i have though these plastic pots i have this plant i'm gonna have to throw out and i'm gonna have right. to buy another one next year i don't know that just seems ridiculous to me. it does so you know i'll get you know cat mint or ladies mantle my new favorite is a, a native plant called Golden Alexander or Zizia, okay. Zizia. Uh -huh. What a great name! It sounds like Jaja, uh, right. and it's just—it's a pretty plant. It's got these nice yellow blooms. It blooms a lot in the spring, and then it keeps blooming a little bit. And then it's got these nice leaves, and mm -hmm. 
I don't have to weed it, you know? Right. I don't it know. That takes works it over me. and covers. You bet. You bet. It's so, yeah, again, I'm sorry. I hope, I'm sure I'm offending some person who loves mulch, but too bad. I don't because it's, <laughs> it's not natural. Right. And it's like, okay, can we put this behind us and figure out That's something right. that works better? That is you going bet. to hold, because the whole point of mulch is to hold the moisture and run the weeds out and give you that pretty yeah. looking non-natural view. Right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I like a lot of bulbs. I plant bulbs every fall so that I get more coming up in the spring. Of course, I mm -hmm. teach the bulbs class too. So that's, right. you know, I have an excuse. Well, uh, the, you know, know we, we cover our passions with our work that's right absolutely yeah. absolutely so murder in the garden we're not going to give too many spoilers about it but what about your lecture series when are you taking it back up oh so actually i'll be in florida the second week of january i've got five different talks around you know the gulf coast so mm -hmm. i'll be talking about the new book, which is Gardening Can Be Murder, mm -hmm. uh, and some of my older books. So I've got a book called Unearthing the Secret Garden, which is about the children's book, The Secret Garden, and how that mm -hmm. came to be written. So I'm talking about that. And then, you know, by the end of January, I start teaching again. So that'll yeah. keep me out of trouble. Well, for a little bit, you know, and you know, <laughs> you've got some online ones here. You know, the Emily Dickerson's Gardening Life, that's going to be online on yeah. the 10th. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, on her birthday. That's Emily Dickerson's sure. birthday. <laughs> what was her gardening style, do you think? Did she keep um, the traditional view or did she go a little bit farther? Emily Dickinson liked flowers and she had mm -hmm. a flower garden. And so that's what she grew and that's what she wrote about too. So mm -hmm. she writes a lot about her flowers, but they had a fairly good sized property. They had three acres around their house and about a 10 acre meadow across the street. Mm -hmm. And you know, there was an orchard. Uh, it was sort of a, almost a gentleman's farm. They had a big vegetable garden, which she didn't work. You know, they had, right. they had staff, right? She, was from not a hugely wealthy family, but they were well off. So yeah, they, had, they were like, you know yeah. that upper middle class area. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? And I believe she did also because it would have been fitting for the time to have the standard herb garden with the uh, with the vegetable and it being like common knowledge. Do you think that should come back? Uh, I think it. I think people are quite interested in uh, at least herbal products. Right. So if, if I go into my, you know, I don't know if I should name it natural foods market near me, right. uh, you know, and go into that lotions and potions section, you know, it's filled with stuff that, you know, you're taking, mm -hmm. you know, elderberry for this and arnica for that. And, you know, it's, I think people are getting much more accustomed to mm -hmm. taking these sort of naturopathic products mm -hmm. um, and kind of self-dosing in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember like uh, one of Laura Ingalls Wilder's letters, she talks about giving her daughter 
you know, what is echinacea, you know, which people now take for colds, right? You right. Know, so um, she called it Missouri snake root, but it was just mm -hmm. another word for that plant. Right. And, you know, but, you know, people think nothing of taking ginkgo biloba and all, you know, these things where people go, oh, well, I don't know Latin names of plants. And I go, well, you kind of do because, you know, you're, you're using them all the time when you're talking about these different creams and pills and things that you take, supplements, right. you know. You know, and, but you can grow those, but be cautious of growing those um, in general because it can be a little problematic. Well, you have to know like what of what plant part and how mm -hmm. to use them. Like my right. father used to make pokeweed salad in the spring. Mm -hmm. Right. Pokeweed, pokeweed is also toxic. But you know, they would he dig it early when it was just shoots and they my mm -hmm. mother would boil it with three changes of water, you know, you go really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> But no, like honey, I live in West Virginia. We have something called a ramp festival, and I'm oh, quite yeah. sure you know what ramps are. I sure uh, do. And that, sure I'm sorry, do. those are caustic as hell. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are, absolutely. Yeah, they grow around here. People don't generally know what they look like, which is just mm -hmm. as well because the population is so high. You know, people, there are too many people around here. Uh, the, yeah. There would be no ramps if people started, you know, picking the ramps. So right. just as well, they leave them alone and buy them in the uh, fancy food market. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see that you also wrote a book that um, I would say probably, you know, a lot of news author, news writers a few years ago should have went and bought, <laughs> you know, when Melania, you know, messed up the White House. Yes, it's very funny you should say that, Asen, because it was the one time I started getting calls, you know, from mm -hmm. like the L.A. Times. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I will say, look, the Rose Garden, when that was done, it needed it. And they had uh -huh. been researching the changes for a long time. They had all the right people involved. You know, she just happened to be standing at the door at the right. point when it went in. So, you know, she took right. all the flack. But, you know, gardens, you can't put in a garden and then walk away, right? right? It needs care. It would be like saying, well, I'm going to build a house but not do anything to maintain it for 20 years. Well, you know, exactly. yeah, you're going to have to fix cap. things. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. But wasn't that over the pool? Didn't um, she... Um, Mrs. Kennedy put it over the pool, like the rose garden went where a pool was, or is that? Wrong? Oh no. no, no, that's not true. No, the okay. pool's still there, uh, and um, I think actually I think there was an indoor pool that's no longer there. I think FDR right. used to swim in an indoor pool, but they have an outdoor. There's an outdoor pool there. They don't let anybody see it if you go visit. I guess unless you are a friend of the of the well, first family, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, the Rose Garden, the changes they made, people made a big brouhaha out of it. Uh, 
it wasn't justified. And I'm not right. saying that I am was an am a, an apologist for that administration because well, no, like, but it's you know it's when gardening really makes news. I mean because it's like okay, you've got to maintain gardens, you've got to change yes. them. There's you know roses need roses definitely need maintenance. They need trimmed yes. and or especially there. Yes. What do you and they find? Need, yeah. They need sun. It. They need yeah. sun. And there were trees growing there. Of course, they had to take the trees out. <laughs> right. You know, what would you, you know, which first lady's garden do you think should be preserved at the White House? Because it gets changed all the time. It does. Uh, I, they're pretty careful about the about keeping the rose garden at least for now you know that was something that was put in with the kennedys so that was the 19 early 1960s right that's yeah. a that's a long time ago uh you know things change over time there have been so many changes to the white house grounds that saying anything that's there should be preserved forever well it's a garden you know even the trees which they take really good care of they don't they don't live forever they're living no. things right, right. Uh, yeah. you know they tr even the house has been rebuilt a couple of times you know it got burnt down by the british and then when mm -hmm. the trumans lived there the place was going to cave in so they had to like kind of rebuild it from the inside out <laughs> exactly and of course that also meant changing to the grounds yeah. um you know and a lot of their garden i don't know i think the white house should have a poison garden like around the barrier <laughs> Like, let's just stop this now. You know, we don't need to bring back the cows that used to graze on the West Lawn. But, you know, let's put some poisons out there, you know, just to prevent problems. You know, it's a shame because for, yeah. for a long time, the grounds were open, right? Mm -hmm. But then there were security problems. So, you know, right. it's like, you know, so and I think that's I something that, you know, my generation doesn't realize that you know you used to be able to just walk up to the white house and just go strolling through it yeah yeah, yeah. well it's been it's been a while but you know certainly like when lincoln was president right. were, it was like an open park it was just you right. know it was the president's park it was like wandering around to the washington monument right or mm -hmm. wandering around where the cherry trees are around the right. uh, potomac basin yeah yeah you know and it's like yeah. I believe it was Eleanor Roosevelt that really put in like the wildflowers and like she really pushed that all the interstates had to have like the sideline by trees. Like there was a lot of things I think the first ladies have put into through their gardens and through yeah, well, things. Absolutely. And, you know, Lady Bird Johnson did a ton for beautification. I, when I was a kid, there were all these ads for keep America beautiful and mm -hmm. you know like make sure you pick up your trash and you know it's mm -hmm. like and i look at the highways the sides of highways now and it's really kind of pathetic you go like yeah. really you know like now we have to like pay people to pick up the trash or they bring you know crews out to pick up the trash and you think well why can't people just keep their trash in their cars and throw it out exactly <laughs> When they get to the rest area. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's, you know, don't get me started. There are too many billboards. I can get on all sorts of soapboxes. <laughs> exactly. And 
no, I'm totally behind you on there's too many billboards. I think we've lost the idea of beautification. Yeah. Especially in these smaller towns. Um, because, like, gardens can really produce a lot of attention to a small town. I mean, if we look yeah. at the curb appeal, which, you know, that's in debate in general when looking at, you know, the real estate market is, like, they always preach curb appeal. But, you know, the first thing homeowners normally do is they go in and they take out the garden. Yeah. And put in something different. Yeah, I know. I can't tell you how many gardens I've worked on that... The house gets sold and then right the garden goes you know it's like well what are you, you gonna know. do that's it's their property they can do it <laughs> you know save the receipts and show them how much they've got there yeah that's the law <laughs> right yeah no all right so honey where can they find more out about you and i'm going to throw your amazon link out so they can go and get um murder in the garden yep so my website is my name marta mcdowell.com or you can look up any of my book titles gardening can mm -hmm. be murder beatrix potter's gardening life etc mm -hmm. uh and you'll find me i'm easy to find you are you're easy to find um and then you know she has lectures online guys if you really want to dig into like Emily Dickinson's garden, go and click her event page. It shows all the places that she's lecturing. Go check her out. Um, if you're not local, go ahead and hop on to the online ones. You may have to do a little research on like which place is hosting it, but you also go to different places and lecture. I do. I do. Yeah. And some of them are, I think, still online. Like the U.S. Botanic Garden has recorded them and they put them up mm -hmm. on YouTube. So yeah very much so well darling thank you for joining us thank you so much evening. it's been a lovely chat with it you and your been. cat what's the name of your cat oh uh, that's anna. anna she has you know basically decided to take a residency on the back of my chair yeah yep. looks like a good place for now for now she needs <laughs> she has a bed she's been she gets boisterous and i have to remind viewers if you see me toss the cat off of me because she's gotten too boisterous i'm tossing her on her bed there you go right. <laughs> all right guys we'll be back in a moment hey everybody lady gwendolyn here from rowan temple of light and i'm here to tell you about our events this summer first up is beltane in the hills May 13th, and that is from 1 to 6. We have entertainment. We have a, a bunch of vendors. We have a fairy photo shoot. It's going to be exciting. You having any questions, uh, reach out to Earth Magic or to myself. Um, after that, we have uh, Central West Virginia Pagan Pride, August 19th. That's at Holly Gray Park from 11 to 5 for the day. And we will have Sarah Masters coming down from Pittsburgh to be our keynote speaker. We have some great classes for that. So if you want to get involved, reach out to Rowan Temple of Light at Gmail or just follow us along on Facebook at Rowan Temple of Light. And we look forward to seeing you out in the community. See you there. Welcome back, goblins. My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, 
the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Ace Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your most spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance in finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site. It'll connect you to Keen, and if you've not been with Keen before, you'll get three free minutes to talk with me, so that's great for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. Bye, y'all. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y. B-A-N-N dot com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hello, darling. Are you okay? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure you weren't getting triggered. No, 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 no. I, I did have a moment <laughs> that I almost posted it in the little private chat we have. Uh-huh. Um, where I was like, unless she worked on that book for over six years, I got more experience in this arena than her husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, someone is, you know, a little triggered when I bring up salads. Especially ones with foxglove and poke green and you know digitalis and a few yeah, other. If she's watching later. Share this part part to your husband. Bagged salads, man. Bagged salads, sealed, sealed. You make salads. You personally open the bag, toss the salad together, and serve. Um, it, it really helps with with that fear. Uh-huh. And yeah. for her, more importantly, now he makes the salad. Exactly. <laughs> you know. You know. But, you know. Delegation of chores. Delegation. I think I may look into beekeeping, though, because one of our viewers brought up a topic that's very interesting. Well, yeah, especially it, that, that might not be a bad thing because we did have a neighborhood beekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, who unfortunately passed away. Right. And I think that might have been the s- second or third item his wife was like, be gone. First item. First item. Okay. I was going to give her second or third. Like, I, I figured she at least called the uh, <laughs> to have him picked up first. 
But I, it's it's debatable. She didn't like right. it at all. No. Like, so. you know, she, if you've noticed, she is not the outdoorsy one. Mm. And she was like, go, get it out, take it, you know, get rid of the tractor, sell the farm. You know, I only need one house. I don't know what he, why he kept that around. That can go too. Oh, yes. And, and my sister points out my brother's doing beekeeping as well. Ah, so yeah, yeah, cool. I'm st I'm still waiting for a jar of honey, but I know that takes a while. So yeah, about two yeah. years. We have other, you know, Eric's doing beekeeping also, but I've also got to, you know, figure out where I can get rhododendron seeds. Yeah, Eric. Because of Eric, I, I like because there was a point I started to say something and be like, "Where's my honey, dude?" Mm -hmm. Like I have money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, this is not going to be like a give me honey. Like I will buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then after Eric's experience and like the the like series of trials and tribulations that he's gone through, I kind of got to looking into it, and it's like, yeah, sometimes that start doesn't go so great. Right. Um. Oh, he ran out of jars. <laughs> we have jars. <laughs> Is that the malfunction? We have jars. Like, I'll send him to the attic. Um, we have jars. Give me jars happen. I need a moment processing this because we have like three or four totes of canning jars in the attic. <laughs> yeah, Brenda and I were having our own side conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. And for full disclosure, the way that conversation started. Was she made the uh, comment about um, uh, hiring hermits for your garden? Uh huh. And then you you linked it to being a garden gnome. Uh huh. And I was like, now I get it. That's how we got the invisible assistant. You went out for a garden gnome for a garden you planned to build. You didn't build the garden. We still have the hermit. That's how that happened. I get it now. <sighs> Oh, yeah. So, oh, he did. He ran out of jars. But yay. So apparently uh, my nephew has, has been dispatched with jars. Okay. That Life happens. Is Life is good. Yeah, that happens. But it's like, how do you run out of jars? Like, we've had canning jars that we just have because they're up there. You, you do realize that, that in, in our family, that's actually a common occurrence. Like, that's a thing. Honey, I understand that. Okay, I understand <laughs> that you know sometimes oh, projects get a little a large. Years ago, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. That's actually been a thing in her family that has occurred before frequently. Mm -hmm. That's when there's an emergency run to the corner mart. Um, and he has a large supply of jars. You just have to make sure you get canning jars and not regular jars. You know, I hadn't. I, that wouldn't have been my first stop. I really wouldn't have thought. But yeah, that would totally be the first place I should have stopped. Yeah, like I would, like I would have hit like Walmart, Kroger's, Grants. Like I would have hit all the others before I even thought about him. And then that's the whole, literally, the store is named Country Corner. Yeah. <laughs> they have canning supplies. I know this. 
-hmm. like they sell canners so they they have all the things right would not have entered my mind yeah and they also oh have yeah the lids were a big ones. deal yeah they lids are. were a big deal during the pandemic yeah i yeah. remember because you were trying to can some stuff i was and you know and I, like you had to give up it was just like nope not happening we can't find lids anywhere, yep. anywhere. and yeah. they ended up in the freezer which you know then made lovely slow cook well, you know and i've got slow cooker tomatoes this year to do because we did eventually find lids and didn't they end up going to your mother for one of her neighbors no and then no no they're still in the kitchen they're on the spice jars <laughs> Okay. I just remembered your mom being uh, like searching for lids for one of her neighbors because it was right mm -hmm. before the uh, their little uh, winter festival thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was, yeah. Well, that wasn't technically, well, it was during the pandemic, but it was like mm -hmm. year or two um, because they were actually having events again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and allowing people in the building. Mm -hmm. um, that was a wild year. Um, yep. But no, no. So anyway, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. getting Tattler tops for canning. They're reusable. Ooh. Is that the latch canning? No. Mm. Hmm. I don't think that's... Uh, I think it's a different lid. Mm. <laughs> Purposes, which is don't run out of jars, Ace, and regular people do. Well, you know, if you have to, you know, put up hot pepper jelly and, you know, you have a certain a number of sour jars, you can just take and combine all those and throw them in the freezer and put up your hot pepper jelly. Well, I was what, what I was technically going to say in response to that is no, but the witches run out of time counting the things in the jars. Um... <laughs> That's why we label. There's always another jar to count. <laughs> That's why you label. You know, label in total, label in total. <laughs> uh huh. You know, because you don't want to. You know, how do you know you have become a? You have gotten to the point that you really have to look at your cursing practices and debate whether you need a new one. Is whenever you have to buy a whole new deep freeze because the first one's filled with graveyards. Or you have a shelf full of jars with people's names that you don't even remember anymore. Yeah, I think if you forget their name, you're allowed to to dump their jar. At least long enough to be like, oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> and back in the jar they go. Exactly. <laughs> back to the jar you go. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I still say, I still say... You you have lied to me about your sister not being in the deep freeze because I will point out it was quite interesting. Uh huh. That 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 we we lost power temporarily. Uh huh. And the the freezer defrosted, and, and someone popped up. Well, I know, and yes, she is in there. She has her <laughs> own little box. Well, she has her own little box. Yeah, along with the others that live in there that go into dry ice whenever we move. And they get shipped via UPS to the next place. All right. Can we take some time and build, like, a little dollhouse for this? 
Because I, I figure if you're going to put someone in a freezer, couldn't we just be fun with it and be like, you know, Stacy's in the bathroom and, you know, Tom's in the bedroom and, you know, <laughs> I'm just no. fake naming, fake naming. I'm not going to name names. Um, but like we could, we could have a whole like play set. And if you're really advanced, it's a small village. <laughs> My redhead wonder, you can do whatever you want with the freezer. Just, we need to find out a better solution because I'm tired of people popping up after they've gone in there. You can Fair redecorate enough. their, their arrangement all you want. Okay. All righty. Oh, oh. Oh, see, no, I have to delete a comment because he can't see that. Mm -mm, no, 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 no. Uh, you are, I know. All right, so I'm going to do some bragging because I don't normally get her in on the show as often. Let me go and grab her link. Yes. I mean, you were going to do it anyway. You like doing that anyway. Like, it was so funny, though. Uh, I think you did a whole bunch of uh, new, uh, what, journals or? She done, she has continued her series on yes. um, books. Yes. No, yes. Yeah. So you were like, ooh, and shared them to everyone you knew. And then you went, ooh. ooh. I hope she Maybe I shouldn't that have that. done that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting here. Well, and then it was funny, though, because... It, okay, that's a whole other conversation. We'll save that for another night. No, no. We can talk about it, I think. Let me check and see if something has gone. <laughs> yeah, and that was the problem. Is, like, he shared it out, and then he immediately had the, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And then he had a whole separate moment of maybe I shouldn't have done that because there's a couple of things I want to buy and I'm afraid one of my students is gonna. Um, and I'm like, you cannot hoard everything she makes. <laughs> you cannot. I have a little that. collection. <laughs> yeah, as long as it fits in a curio cabinet, it's a collection. When you have to buy a house to hold it, then we have to stop and re re reassess. Well, first of all, I, it's not a curio cabinet I need. It'll be a bookshelf. So let's get the right piece of furniture first. Well, I'm saying dimensionally. Dimensionally. Yeah. If it fits in a curio cabinet, it's a collection. If it fits in the space of a curio cabinet, it's a collection. Uh -huh. at, at the point in which you need a whole separate house, it's called hoarding. <laughs> not if it's used. <laughs> Oh, Brenda, I love it. Mirrored dollhouse instead of mirrored box. Interesting idea there. Just make a whole play set out of it. it. It could be great. It could be great. <laughs> Uh-oh. He is looking intently. Oh, freezer shaped like a house is a Joe Christmas present. You know, I can get behind that. You know, I was just thinking like a, a you know, put it on a little riser so you could pull it out, play with the little dollhouse that goes in the freezer, and then push mm -hmm. it back down. Right. Like leave room to put like normal things on top so it, it doesn't look suspicious if someone opens it randomly. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, so here is her Etsy store. 
Right now, she only has a few items up, but go check her stuff out. She made Asen's Shadow Book. It is gorgeous. And it is over here. Honestly, if it come with a stack of business cards, he could save so much time writing your uh, web address down. Just I can, I can. Matter of fact, I'm going to the yield ball. We might need to get a UPS truck up. This is true. Yeah, and apparently the captain's log is either vending or unavailable currently. Uh, I know, right? The one time. It's unavailable. You I'm, always have to go looking for it when you say you're going to show it off. I. It doesn't like to show itself. Well, it is a book of shadows. Makes sense. It uh, does. <laughs> I had that um, last week. Yes, we're talking about you. Yeah. Um, he just shared your you. shop link on Etsy. Yes, um, I've been loving your to... journal creations. Yes, and has shared those out to to literally everyone. Um, she does beautiful work. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, yeah. Oh, Captain's Log is at Hartwood in Abingdon. Okay. Oh no, Joe! A new house means it's museum, and he can charge for people to look. <laughs> Okay, but if you cohabitate with your collection, mm -hmm. um, it's a hoard. <laughs> There's a difference. I'm just trying to point this out for people as, as the mm -hmm. point in which your collection mm -hmm. exceeds the bounds of collection. I'm not saying yours has. I'm just saying there are some people who don't know this about themselves. All right. Ah... So, it's, it's tired of Etsy. Got it. We understand. We know a few people that got tired of Etsy. Yes. Mm. But Ooh, there's new garden uh, fairy houses coming this spring. Yes. Ooh, alrighty. All right. Um, so, since I can't grab Crow for the moment, I can at least show pictures. I know. <sighs> Swear, it flies away. Like, it, we need homing devices. Okay, again, it's a book of shadows. It's supposed to hide itself. I know, it does that. Well, no, but yes, Captain's Log, that is absolutely gorgeous. Love this. I think that, you know, on a side note for Psychic, my plan was to turn it into a planner case. But I think oh. it would be a gorgeous planner case. Oh, yes, and she's got more fairy doors coming, too. Ooh, The nice. brick facade ones or just the regulars? I'm sure if she meant bricks facade, she probably would have said that. But right, I thought yep. it was worth asking because that's a whole separate thing and that's different. Yep. And for those that have watched my kitchen videos, you'll see my organizer over there. She built that too. It's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. These are just the carved wood fairy doors. Cool. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're getting tired of Etsy, there are other options. There is WooCommerce. Yes. Not till after the first of the year. Please not until after the first of the year. <laughs> we can look at it during a team meeting after the first of the year. Yes. 
It's my crow over there by the altar. It's my block of shadows. He just rearranged a bunch of stuff around his office area. This is why yeah. this has happened. Yes. Well, that and it disappears. Like, literally, I will have it. I'll be writing in it. I will set it down. I'll walk back and it'll be where it'll be. Oh, another rock and roll at Heartwood. Very yep. cool. Very cool. Very cool. But no, love her artistry. Love her craftsmanship. It is the best. Which I guess I should explain. Um, so Heartwood is over in Abington, Virginia. It's just off the interstate. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really cool place. Right. Um, like, they have this whole artisan store mm -hmm. with a uh, cafe, I think that's, or bistro. Right. I forget the appropriate name. But anyway, they have Delicious it on food. Staff Chef. Delicious food. Um, it's really pretty. It's it's a very artistic thing, um, and it celebrates Virginia artists. Um, oh, actually, now it's the uh, Southern West Virginia or Southwestern Virginia. <laughs> Sorry, guys, the SWVA messes me up every time. Uh, mm -hmm. Cultural Center and Marketplace. <gasps> Chef Charles is gone, and they've replaced him with vending machines. Do what? Oh, I'm heartbroken. Heartwood, you broke my heart. Uh, oh, I wanted his macaroni and cheese again. I'm sure he's made a YouTube of it. Uh, probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister's ticked, and so is everyone. Exactly. <laughs> like it. The fact we know him by name. <laughs> like he was good. He was really good. Mm -hmm. He yeah. did cool stuff all the time. So, he all right. Did. We he have did. derailed. But we have derailed in a good way. We've derailed in a good way. However. Oh, Brenda has favorited. Yes, yes. Watch, watch it, Brenda, because her stuff goes quickly, or gets moved, or you know, disappears somewhere. Um. Well, actually, I can speak to a little bit of that. It, it's uh -huh. the flippin' Etsy. Mm -hmm. Um. And their listing fees and and the the way that Etsy works is mm -hmm. really really frustrating. Right. Um. Like it's great. If you just make a lot of one thing. Right. And it's really popular. Like, it's great for digital downloads. It's great for, you know, uh, things that you can make in bulk. Right. And, and then the costs are really low. When you make a lot of one-of-a-kinds, mm -hmm. not so awesome. Well, and that's the weird thing about it, because that's what it was designed for. And, you know, they, from, you know, a lot of, and, you know, we'll tie this in. A lot of psychics at one time had Etsy stores. Oh, yeah. Then they decided, oh, that wasn't fashionable. So they got rid of us. Well, I think there was also one more on that. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, yes, on the one thing, hard to get a following with multiples. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but now on the the uh, reason or part of the reason that psychics left was also the fact that there were people that were abusing it mm -hmm. um, and using the platform not to send you like a spell kit, but mm -hmm. to try to charge you for doing things that, and really high prices for doing them 
um, that started to get more servicey than they were producty. And right. Etsy has been really committed to like we're a product place. Nice. Yeah. Um, and they get really wonky about services. Uh, supposedly right. they have gone back mm-hmm. to being like, okay, I guess we lost a lot of money with that. Uh, um, yeah. Um, so they've gone back to allowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, with I think some more with with some stricter controls on what you can sell, um, right. in the occult category, right? Um, because it's what it always gets called. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think everyone's jumped back on the bandwagon. They're just still like, mm, we got mm-hmm. burned last time. Thanks. Yeah, like talking about burning witches at stakes. Uh, screw well, because mortgages they, they get pissy. Held the the psychic money. Yeah. Yeah, they held money. Yeah, you know they're like shrimp. Nope, exactly. And there's an older episode about that in our catalog. Go and see it. It was a special report on Etsy when they pulled that stuff because I again had an Etsy store. I know Etsy fairly well, but they become problematic. That's the reason. Yes, Asen has a store. No, it does not have any products. Why? Because I don't want anyone being able to get my name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and then there were, there was also the issue with some of the payment systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you had a friend that that I like, and I guess I should ask at this point, how is she doing? She's doing fine. Like she's on tour. Oh. She's she's got a full book, but she's still she had. And you know, this is why we love Stripe. Stripe like it trashed her life though. Yeah, hundred thousand dollars. She had to go and recreate. She had literally her tour money that should have paid for like travel expenses. Hotel was took back by Etsy. Well, not Etsy. It was actually um, Square Stripe. Stripe? I thought it was Square. Square. Sorry, not Stripe. We prefer Stripe. Square. Yeah, that was the big reason we we've kind of been "Eh," about Square. It's like "Eh, you might not want to because they they got a little cranky. Um, and it was ugly because they weren't just holding your pending and, and, and taking that, yeah. like they ripped all the way back through her bank account and just pulled the past deposits. Yeah. And the and worser it, part of that, the bigger <clears throat> part of that was they pulled the past deposits, but they never refunded them to the customer. Yeah. That was a little weird. Yeah. That that was a little sus, mm-hmm. um. But now that's Square. That's not Etsy. I just you yeah, want to make square. that clear. That was Square. Yeah, Etsy just refused to process payments. Like they just stopped and held your money. And yeah, you done the work. You done. You delivered because you know it's your customer. But they never paid out. Well, and then uh, Etsy is also going through a whole separate issue right now, or were, it, I don't know how this is resolved out. I've been trying to keep up with it, but I got distracted. Um, so to speak, quinky shops mm-hmm. um, that make special gear, mm-hmm. um, they found themselves on the wrong side of Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um and Etsy started pulling the, like it was it was the same playbook that yeah. they did to <laughs> they psychics it. is they they sat there and bumped the reserve up so high mm-hmm. that most of the shops were like uh-huh I can't make goods to 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 turn around to send to clients mm-hmm. or to customers 
if you don't give me the money mm -hmm. to buy the stuff <laughs> to mm -hmm. make the product and pay for the shipping to send it to the customer. <laughs> right. That's why, right. you know, I am always pro-independent. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, WooCommerce is a lovely platform. Yes, it's hard to build your website on it, but it's a lovely platform to sit and build things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think sometimes it can also be done through a mix. Mm -hmm. Like, your safe product on Etsy and let that be everyone's introduction to you. Right. And then do everything you can to push. Push yeah. to the private store. Just right. push. Um, that way you can kind of be like, yeah, I have an Etsy shop. That's not my bread and butter. Right. That's a smattering of my product. Right. The good shit's over here. Right. I don't have to pay listing fees and all the other crap. Exactly. You know, so, and all the yeah. other like huh, what, where, why's. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so let's hop into our Reddit forums. First up, it's time for you to plead your case. Are you an asshole this week? All right. Am I the asshole for forcing my sister out before Christmas? My sister, Rain, 24, left her girlfriend and we let her move in with me and my wife, Chris. Rain has been trying to make our space into hers. I repeatedly told her to stop moving furniture and throwing things like pillows away and replacing them with cheaper, colorful versions. She did the same thing in the kitchen and got rid of my wife's stainless steel spatulas and spoons and replaced them with rainbow ones she found on Amazon. This was in September, and I told her one more stunt like that, and she's out. Rain keeps saying my wife's all-gray aesthetic depresses her, and she wants more color to the home. I reminded her she's a guest, and she can do whatever she wants to her bedroom and bathroom. But the things, uh, but the rooms like dining, living room, kitchen, patio, and the office is ours, and she's not to make changes. For Thanksgiving, my wife and I visited with my in-laws and her family for a week. I get home and Rain painted our living room sky blue. She said she couldn't live with the gray walls anymore. The painting was done so shitty that there's splotches on the ceiling and floor, even dribble on an expensive area rug that my mother-in-law got us. I told Rain that she had to go. Rain insisted the living room looks better. It doesn't. And it's better for her mental health. And she talked to her therapist who said we should allow Rain's taste to be included around the home. Rain has to go. After much crying on her part, she found a place with my aunt and cousins. My family is mad at me saying it's Christmas and I should not be kicking her out this time of year. My wife and I are being called control freaks and we should have allowed Rain to have more say around the house after her breakup. I was blackmailed with either keeping rain in my home or don't show my face at Christmas. We still cho chose to remove her and my cousin and uncle talked shit the whole time, moving her out, saying what assholes we, we are. <clears throat> my wife is feeling relieved now she's gone and is going to hire a painter after the holidays to fix the paint job. Rain has refused to pay for damages, uh, and her room and bathroom she used is in worse shape, where she painted each wall a different color. All was done worse than the living room. 
Um, so OP has offered the following explanation for why they think they might be the asshole. It's been really cold and rainy when I had her move out, and it's right before Christmas. Nope. I oh, here's the thing though. Um, I like I, I'm gonna ultimately end up an asshole, so we'll just go ahead or not the asshole, excuse me, not the asshole on OP. Um, but I can say there, there's like a line of like things you expect to happen when you live with someone. Because mm -hmm. I, I know not the sister currently in audience, but my other sister, I have two of them. Um, I, I lived with her for a period after high school mm -hmm. and there, there was a period there where like I kept like inadvertently doing things that like exploding brain mm -hmm. um like the biggest one was um so in 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 my childhood home um mom had no had run out of space for things and like all of our pots and pans or a bunch of our pots and pans lived in the oven mm -hmm. like they got washed they got dried they went into the oven and lived if you went to cook something you had to pull the pots and pans out this was a whole thing my entire life this had been a thing 18 years this has been the thing so when i moved in and did dishes out of like an automatic reflex i i did up the pots and pans opened the oven door shoved them in closed the oven door dishes are done mm -hmm. and my sister went and preheated her oven and suddenly went what's that smell we had to have a lovely conversation about the fact that nothing lives in the oven Mm -hmm. <laughs> and furthermore, please don't kill my pots and pans. Right. They have plastic handles. Right. Like it was the big thick, like heat safe, but not oven safe, heat safe. Right. Plastic no. handles. Okay. We need to back this back a bit because we have to chew on a few pieces of BS. Yeah. Okay. First of all, it's not her home. Not not your home. Right. Second of all, you don't throw other people's things away. That no. is not yours. No. no. This is a big thing. This has been a big thing for us. Mm -hmm. Because when we combined two households, we had duplicates of a lot of things. Well, we had duplicates and then we had other things that it's like, oh... Well, and, and like for some things, you went way out of your way to be like, we're going to put this here like it's a prized possession. And I'm like, I don't even like that. <laughs> you know, it was reason, like we were running out of time. Okay. We just had to throw the crap in the U-Haul, get out of the house. Just we're done. Go, go, go. <laughs> right. You know, and you know, the moving in. There were some problems. <laughs> we dumped an entire U-Haul in the living room and went, oh my God, what have we done? No, there oh, were two U-Hauls and a, and a third trip down with multiple call trips. That was fine. However, before we actually got to that point, 
-hmm. I have a very distinct taste. <laughs> okay. Okay. You start. I like reds. I like rich colors. I like deep colors. I like bold colors. Not yellows. Not pinks. Reds. Blacks. Like my living room in my townhome was referred to as it looked like a blood murder scene because what I did was I took a cream wall and I then took a sponge and went over it in crimson red. It looked gorgeous. Loved it. <laughs> Recreated it in my second home. We hadn't gotten to painting this home again because in this house you have to paint every five to seven years. This paint's holding up well, however. Yeah. Again. Well, but you hadn't gotten to painting the walls really because you had just gotten the uh, um, uh, paneling off. Yes. Right before. Right before. Like it, it was timing out well because he had gone through the house because apparently what was it your dad or the previous owner? The previous owners hired blind monkeys to put paneling up. <laughs> so yeah, they basically covered every surface. Yeah. Um, in the house, uh, every right. wall that is, um, with paneling. Right. And they glued it. In some spots. Big old line. Well, there are a lot of spots. Um, but big old lines of liquid nails up and down, just whoosh, and put up paneling. Well, um, no, that's in some spots. That's in the hallway. That's in the corner of my new office. That's not everywhere. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm mildly offended, Brenda. I'm mildly offended. She joking. She joking. Ah, go to the yeah. next comment. But anyhow, okay. So we hadn't got painting done. Yes. When we began doing the renovations for Joe's move-in and to finish the renovations on the house in general. Mm -hmm. So we got to so technically said to me is I don't care what color we paint the house, just choose something. No, 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 no. There was more restraints than that cuz your okay. original response was well we'll just go get white paint. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> we do not live in an asylum. White can be an accent color, white can be the trim. We are not having white walls, white ceilings, and white trim. Not happen. Not happen. I, I mean, I, I was going de facto on this. Like, well, you know, I've, I've done that a few times. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, just whoosh. Exactly. White Literally whitewash it and go on. Yeah. No, like, thank you. We do not live in an asylum. And after, like, 20 years, well, no. 94. What? You oh. don't want to have to keep track of five shades of white? No. <laughs> I don't want to keep that track was... of a paint color to begin with. Minus one bedroom. That was my grandmother's uh, 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 thing. I know. Was There was one white in the kitchen. There was one white in the bathroom. There was one white in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. There was another white in the other bedroom. Mm -hmm. That was easily indistinguishable between right. the first bedroom, um, and then the green mm -hmm. that was in the the last bedroom. 
Um, so yeah, like it, it was. It sometimes I felt like the Five Shades of White. It was like, like oh, and then the ceiling was totally separate white ceiling paint. Again, we don't live in an asylum. And if I need to keep track of a paint color, it's time to repaint the room a different color. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Really? Today? Oh. Invisible, he needs a lighter. Yes. But anyhow, fine. We go to the paint store. He chooses the colors. It looks like I am living in a checkerboard house. Pause, pause. I gave you paint chips. Uh-huh. I said, here, go home, tape it to a wall, see what you think after a week. If you don't like it, we'll pick other things. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was obvious that he was going gray, which I love grays now because that means that I can have bloodstained pillows and bright, you know, shower curtains. This was his selling point. He's at least backed it up because we do not buy a lot of gray. No, no, we never buy gray. No, no, yeah. nothing we bring into this house can be gray. Yeah. Like, grays and whites are out because the, most of the house is gray and white. <laughs> right. So you know, that, gray there's rooms, that. White print. There's the two cooking sets. <laughs> yes. I cook in cast iron. Mm -hmm. I cook a lot of food in cast iron. He cooks for in stainless me, it's steel. It's a self-defense item. Well, you know, there's multi-use I haven't purposes. used for cast iron. It's a self-defense uh, uh, item. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I grew yeah, up in... No hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho. anywho <laughs> one week, the colors were there. You, you, you were like, that's fine. Right. We, we went get and them bought on paint. the wall. We went and bought paint. We get it on the walls, and it's like, this is gray. This is not online. This is gray. Uh, well, yes, online is a shade of gray. <laughs> yeah. So, different patinas to, you know, whatever. It's fine. We've got three more years, and then I'm calling a painter. Exactly. Grays, white, and beiges on the wall, then bright colors for everything else. It, it you can do whatever you want. But what and here and again, this is my selling point, so so uh -huh. stick with me. Was the idea was mm -hmm. like this is why we did the 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 grays that he refers to were called online and web page. Mm -hmm. Um, and we did them in the bathroom and the uh, uh, three bedrooms because mm -hmm. when the house was originally built, this it was it's three bedrooms. Just right. make it quick and easy. Um, we did that in there because you can do anything over that. Mm -hmm. Anything, right? Anything matches. Anything fits. Anything right. works. You can do pop a color. You can you do whatever you want. You can go minimal. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, continue. But anyhow, you know, so there's the two cooking sets. There's the two, you know, and they've whittled down and combined. But you don't throw people's stuff away. And you don't go and repaint rooms that aren't yours. 
Like I didn't even finish repainting this house until I had the mortgage paid off. And that was the first time. Um, the second yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like, no, no. Um, and, and that's my thing is I think there's a certain amount you have to allow for. Right. It's just like cohabitating your, 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 your sharing spaces. Mm-hmm. You're going to have like a favorite coffee mug. You're going to have like your blankie for the couch and maybe a favorite pillow for the couch mm-hmm. that, that doesn't necessarily fit the aesthetic. You allow for that. Right. You don't replace someone's collection of pillows. Right. Like you can add a couple. Mm-hmm. But you don't subtract any. Yeah. Um. You know, like to someone's kitchen, you might add a favorite kitchen tool mm-hmm. because it's effing useful. And like, you know, what are you people barbarians? If you've mm-hmm. not been to a you know a, a kitchen collection, um, like oh my god, mm-hmm. um, you know. You can do that. And, and I, I do like, and I, I know my sister tried it with me and I just stared at her like, are you serious? It's a summer. Um, plus I'm allergic. Um, but <laughs> she offered up that I could repaint the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like way too much work for three months. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not down for this. Like, that right. seems excessive. Right. Um, so anything I did in that room was stuff that I could pick up and carry with me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, like, you know, I have a plant, I have a lamp, I have a pitcher, I, you know, things you can put in a box. Exactly. And then, so, bye-bye. Your sister is a spoiled brat that needs to, like, go live with her her family, apparently. Or better yet, get her OP sister. (laughs) <laughs> be yeah. careful not my sister-in-laws not my sister like, oh, start sh- don't start shit won't be none <laughs> exactly. you know op sister op sister is an asshole go live with her in her own space if she wants her own style well and i'm wondering if this might not be one of those situations where it's like two <laughs> yeah exactly uh <laughs> this is why yeah. i put clarification up like we're yes. talking about the am I the asshole sister, right? Yeah. Um, like good lord, don't start shit. Um, yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, but no, so with 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 OP sister, um, I'm wondering if this won't be a situation where they go to the you know, the aunt and the cousins. Mm-hmm. And and this is just one of those, you know, two different types of people in the world. People that are like, come in, play decorator with my house. I don't care. Right. And some people are like, this is my house. It looks the way it looks because that's how I want it to look. Don't touch my shit. Exactly. Like, you, you, I will tolerate you do things differently and have some stuff that is like creature comforty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for a second, at least get dinner on. That's my comment. You know, um, and, and then there's, I'm afraid this is one of those, there's another group of people in the world that are like, make our home your home. We don't care. Throw paint on the walls. It'll look better. You know, just, right. I don't care, whatever, as long as I can find my coffee mug or a coffee mug. Like, I don't right. care. I don't care. I don't care. 
I'm wondering if that's one of the if it's one of those like there's two just the there's two types of people in the world, and mm. she just found her people. Possibly, but the point is, it's not her home. It's the brothers' all home. Yeah, I like I like Brenda's comparison here. Yeah, but if you're a guest, you have no say. You don't repaint a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm there for that. And if you do it to apartments, you better plan to repaint it to make the landlord happy. Right. Um, otherwise, that damage fee is expensive. Right. Um, and not the, I'll take the work this a step to... farther. I think that the wife needs to go and file small claim charges after the house is fixed i'm not necessarily opposed to like filing the small claims uh uh court charges yeah um and being like we want our money mm -hmm. um now for the bathroom and the bedroom i don't think they get to say anything because they technically told her do whatever you want we don't care it's right. your bedroom your bathroom which I think that's great latitude if someone's, you know, letting you live in their home right. to be like, knock yourself out on your bathroom and your bedroom. Right. You do whatever you want. I don't care. Right. And I think that's within reason. Right. Like that's, that's a reasonable, like that, that's, that's a good amount of latitude. Like make your right. space your own. I'm cool with that. Right. Um, and I think that was great of OP. Um, now for the rest of someone's house, I, I think you get to have stuff in the, in like a living room and a dining room, right? That may be yours and not fit an aesthetic, right? You don't get to throw things away. That's the big giant line in the sand is you, you keep it, you keep it. Mm -hmm. Oh, plus if OP's sister touched Aeson's cookware kitchen, there'd be a new rose in the backyard. <laughs> Or a rhododendron, depending. You know. Now, like they're they're coming after you for what you do to someone touching your cookware. Uh, you care to let them know how I am about my stainless steel? No, you're pretty good about your stainless steel. You know, I'm also pretty touchy about it. You are, you are. <laughs> you know, you ask for lemon. You know, for you know. Well, now you do the shopping, so I don't have to remember to pick up lemons every two weeks or any of that. No, you, know, you do. Well, but. But yeah, no, I I can get a little touchy about my 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 cookware. Yeah, it's like no, no, I don't cook because I don't. And that was a whole conversation we had to have in the beginning is, I don't cook with cast iron. Yeah, if you want me to cook, the stainless steel lives here. Right. If you don't want me to ever touch anything in the kitchen, then we can have total cast iron and like, I'm done. Uh huh. But right. also, you know, we'll never cook again, right? But you know, you know, I'm very touchy about my kitchen. I'm very touchy about people in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. They get in my way. But at the same time, it's like if you throw out my pots or his pots, <laughs> oh yeah, come out back, come out back. We <laughs> lay down here. Uh, sounds not right. Can, can you lay over here? I want to see what the garden bed's going to look like. Yeah. Point blank. Lay down here. Just lay, yeah. let me let me get it. Like I I, I love the the little internet meme that goes around about some people you hug just to figure out how big to dig the grave. Uh huh. 
you know, just like get an idea, like, <laughs> uh -huh. like what size are we going for here? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so, you know, we were both invested, but there, you know, when you go to pull things together, <laughs> here's your shovel. <laughs> yep, it's not a back door. That's where we always keep it. That way it's easily accessible. Uh, okay. Yeah. Point B, you know, he still doesn't come into the, you know, uh, Joe's a lovely husband. He doesn't come into the kitchen anymore after about the third time of this occurring. I'm cutting something up. I'm in the middle of chopping. He asks where something is. I just use it and point it like the athame that it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 No. No. Yeah. At knife point, I don't come back to the kitchen. <laughs> That's how you tell that. Uh-huh. Um, because he points with a knife, and I consider that at knife point, I don't come back in the kitchen. Mm-mm. Right. No. I don't need anything. Yes. Oh. Uh, really? Of course I'll cook chicken. Which type did you want? <laughs> That's not what she meant. You know it. I'm getting heckled. Yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> oh, not yet. Okay. Okay. All right. We have a relationship advice. We do, we do. But by the way, the poll is up on Ace Night YouTube. If you're watching on the Facey books, go over there. You can vote if Joe's the asshole this week for kicking out the sister that wants to re that repainted the living room. Yes. Oh. All right. So on to relationship advice. How do I, 29 female, stop talking about me and my boyfriend, 32 male, uh, problems constantly? Me and my boyfriend have been dating for two years now. We have had a rocky relationship at times and recently just got back together after a two-month break. I didn't think we were going to, but here we are. I'm finding myself very anxious about it, and I can't stop trying to fix the problems we have. I keep talking about how I feel, situations that upset me, trying to fix problems, etc. It's almost the only thing I've been talking about to him. For example, he and I were supposed to hang out, but he canceled last minute and said he had stuff to do. I got really upset for like two days and had a hard time letting it go and think I probably nagged him to death over it. Now he is saying he isn't sure this was a good idea to get back with me because I have been, and I quote, up his butt for the past two weeks since we got back with each other. I told him I would work on it. I just don't know how to stop. How should I be treating him instead? And how do I let go of all the issues we've been having so that uh, he and I can just be happy? All right. So you're not going to like my answer. It's not probably the common one. Okay. Stop talking about the problems. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I, I think there's a point in which fixing your problems, and this wasn't the article I thought it was, or the, the uh, problem I thought it was going to be. Right. I thought she was doing the thing where you 
are with someone and then you break up with them and then you trash talk them to everyone you know, but then you get back together with them and now you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Because you got all these people on your side about how crappy your other half is or was. And now it's like, never mind. Um, That's where I thought we were going. Um, But not where we're at. So this is the actual relationship and the problems that you have in it. Um, I think effectively you get to lay those out once like, yeah, that, that gets to be part of your negotiation. If you want to put them into a list, that's really helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so that someone can have something to refer back to, like, you know, don't forget. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know, I know a bunch, a bunch of people in the universe just went, uh, not a list, but seriously a list. Yeah. Like if if you're gonna talk about them, you you need to make a list of them, right. um, so you don't forget any, right? And so that it's not a constant, ongoing conversation that never ends. No one no one liked it when they did it with the lamb chop song, right? Um, no one likes it when they hear about how crappy they are and all the horrible mm-hmm. things they've done, right? Um, it doesn't work, exactly. Like it doesn't work. Um, but I think you get to talk them out. I think you get to list them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you basically have to go with either this gets fixed and that's great. Mm -hmm. This drops in priority because these other things got fixed and you know what? I can compromise on that. Exactly. You know, like that's not a deal breaker for me. I can, you know, I can put up with the fact that like you, you don't put your clothes in the hamper and you know, it's just a sea of, of stripperdom every time I walk through the door. Um, you know, just as an example, like it's a common right. relationship problem. People don't pick up their underwear. Um, but, you know, and, and so you can be like, okay, you know what? You fixed all these other right. things. You still got that one. Mm-hmm. I, I'll live with it. I'll and just, then I'll the accept other that page one. of that is what's he doing right? Because I find that people... Yeah focus a lot on what people are doing wrong. I, well, and I think that's probably a really important one is like, why the hell are you in this relationship in the first place? Exactly. You and, know what I mean? It's really easy to make that list of like, he snores and he's hateful. And he made that rude comment that one time and blah, blah, blah. You can do that. And, and he keeps his phone phone, on hey, Desi. Hey. So I can't reach him by phone. He doesn't answer, yeah. you know, you can not even forget, you know, he forgot to call me six years ago. Ugh. Get over it. Over it. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. thank you so much for talking with me tonight. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much for being on time. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out. Thank you so much for watching a movie with me. Really changes boyfriend's behaviors faster than you think. Well, but additionally, stopping to realize, why the hell do you want to be in this relationship in the first place? Right. Like, are you doing it out of desperation because you don't want to be single? Mm-hmm. Or, or, does this person have redeemable qualities? Right. <laughs> and there's actual reasons you want to be mm-hmm. in this relationship? Start with that list. And, and... and not to say, like, if he's an abusive asshole who puts you in the emergency room, I don't care what's on the reasons you want to be in this relationship are. Like, that's that's a kill. That's a kill right. relationship. Like, 
nothing trumps that one. Right. right. Like they 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 can be like the most generous donor to to children and puppy charities in the world. They could do all kinds of things, practically canonize. They hit you. You're done. They knock you around. They emotionally manipulate you. They financially control you. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Those that's that's not redeeming qualities. That's just a list of crap someone does in addition to being an abusive asshole, exactly. which is a relationship killer. Right. But dead now, relationship. This dead, is dead, a common dead. mistake I see a lot of times. You know, especially when they get on the phone with me. No, 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 He's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. He's a narcissist. No, he's not. There's only he's like toxic. He's toxic. No, he's not. You know, it's <laughs> only when put a warning on him. However, your behavior is creating this. And they don't like it. Go look at my one-siders. They all say I'm rude because I tell them point blank, your behavior is creating this problem. And they're like, what do you mean? I says, all you do is you're telling what he's doing wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, try this for two weeks. And they never do. They just want to start me and move on. But try this for two weeks. If you're having a problem out of your partner, example, you want them to change a behavior. Compliment them on the behavior you want. Thank you for stopping by the grocery store on your way home and picking up what we needed so we didn't have to make two trips out. Show gratitude for the behavior you want. Thank you for coming home on time. Dinner's waiting on you. Show the behavior you want. And try not to sound sarcastic when you say it. Exactly. Just, just a very, it. Which is a very important part of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there are some people that legitimately think that they are doing this in their relationships. And it's like, you know, it hits different. Yeah. When you express gratitude in snark. Right. Like, Thanks for coming home on time and picking up dinner so we didn't have to go out twice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really resonate with people as gratitude. Right. It's just a different form of being smacked upside the head with a two by four. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the nag, 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 nag. When are you coming home? Are you coming home? When are you coming home? It's not that. It's 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 the different side of the head where it's like, I'm having it, you know, beaten into me that I don't always get this right. Exactly. And that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so you got to be careful, like, with the tone. And I know that exactly. can be really hard when you're, when this is something that's, like, driven you up a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to sit there and actually say it. Right. And sound genuinely grateful. Right. Not annoying that you can't get this right all the other times you got it wrong. Right. Starkey. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, guys. Let's go and see what the poll has to say. Well, we have an important comment to read because best yeah. salesperson we have just said, uh-huh. or you can call Asen and get his life coaching. He'll break you from that habit. Yes, my life coaching is on psychic uh, psychic coaching you. It is about empowering your behavior to give the life you want. Um, and it's over on Modern Spiritual. Both of those went out today. Um, you can be looking into those and um, different situations with that. 
All right, so let's go over. Oh, 100%. You're not the asshole for taking control of your space and making sure your belongings are safe from someone. Now, there was a comment in here, mm-hmm. and I find it ethically challenging. Ooh, I like it when you get hit with an ethical dilemma. Well, and it's the comment that I don't like. Her therapist told her to. You see, I'm going to, like, I, I read that one and I started to comment. And then, I, like, because, like, in, like, earlier, I, I left that one alone because that's not what your therapist said. Right. Either one or two situations occurred. Right. Either she has explained the situation, and, and it is possible that, like, she is paying rent and utilities and doing all the things, mm-hmm. and is a roommate, mm-hmm. and she's talking about her, you know, I, I believe brother and sister-in-law, right, as roommates, and that this is a totally co-equal situation, her name's on the lease, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm, that's not the situation from what OP is saying. Right. Or, or the way that her therapist tried to talk to her about this is you are allowed to express yourself right. inside this space. Right. And then there's a whole other part she didn't listen to, which is, but you also have to be respectful of the fact that this is their home. Right. So, like, getting to paint your bedroom and getting to to accessorize your bathroom and do all the things in those two spaces, that's about all you get. Right. Like, you know, if they're throwing out your coffee mug sitting on the counter because it's tacky, that's a problem. Right. Going through and throwing out your your, uh, brother and his wife's stuff. Right. OP stuff. Yeah. That wouldn't have been what the therapist went, yeah, you should totally do that. Like, you go, girl. Like, no, no therapist. Like, I do not think there is a therapist in the world Mm -hmm. that would show up on that one and be like, yeah, you go, girl. You throw out their silverware and get them new stuff. Right. Like, no. Like, that's when a therapist looks at you and goes, are you a crazy person? We don't do that. (laughs) Right. My bigger situation with that, and this is one that I see repeated in multiple industries, to clarify, I am a psychic, I am a life coach, I am not a therapist. Mm -hmm. Do we all sometimes deal in the same arena of things? Yes. However, I think that that's a problem. And what I mean by that is sometimes you should make decisions based on what's being told to you by the people involved and the therapist or psychic is on the outside of it advising you on how to address it like yeah they probably would allow you to paint your bedroom why don't you ask them mm-hmm. maybe it's or a it's, for a conversation or maybe you know like here's what i could see a therapist saying you know she's complaining about the gray depressing house mm-hmm. like we're just going to sum it up real quick the gray depressing house that she's living in and how her sister-in-law just has no taste and i i can see a therapist maybe sitting there and being like 
well, have you tried talking to them about maybe making changes to the space? Mm-hmm. And then somehow that went into her brain and went, I have the, I have the power. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. That is not what that therapist said. That therapist tried to start a conversation. Right. So that maybe you would share a little bit of how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. While maybe looking for something that wasn't quite repaint your house while you're gone and have no consent in it. Mm-hmm. But might be more like, how could we, can we, can we do something here to make this a little more poppy for you? Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, like, this is not one of those situations where it's better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. No, this is where you ask for permission. Well, see, and the, one of the OP's comments back on this, cause you know, um, he says, I think her therapist is giving her bad advice. She's been telling her to telling us, my therapist said one of the thing one thing was better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. That was over the cookware incident. And I'm like, mm, someone needs an ethical violation. Mm, you know, if, if if a therapist is actually telling people that, that that I'm sorry, take that cookware and smack them upside the head for that. Exactly. Like, we don't throw out the homeowner's stuff. Right. And my other problem is... Don't encourage that. As as a life coach, I would be going, okay, what's our plan? When are you planning on getting out on your own? Like, what's our action plan to get you to back to the original freedom you had? Yeah. Well, or, or at least step in with the, the concept of, like, so what, if, if you have a long range, mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a while. Right. What could you possibly do in those spaces to feel more at home? And mm-hmm. then the challenge becomes, go talk to them about that and see if they'll agree. Like, tiny things. Things that are not fixed and permanent mm-hmm. and expensive and, you know. Right. Little things. Like, could you put a happy artwork in the living room? Right. You know, most people aren't going to get mad about a couple of nails. Right. You know. Or command strips. Well, you know, or put a pillow. Don't remove any, but add a happy pillow. Right. Add a happy blankie. Right. You know, additive things that can be subtracted from the space when you leave. Right. that, That bring you joy. Like, versus you went in while someone wasn't there, Mm -hmm. repainted their house poorly, Mm -hmm. um, destroyed stuff while doing it. Right. Or potentially damaged it, at least. Right. um, And then left them to foot the bill to fix it. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you're a therapist encouraging that... um, Stop. That's where I have to sit here and go, I just can't imagine any, like, decent therapist being like, you should totally do that. Right. But, no, I get really tired of that comment. Well, my therapist said, well, my psychic said, well, my spiritual advisor said, where my life coach said, no, you need to say it from your own position. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sorry, I, I like, and I've outed myself on this, on the show right. before. Like, I've been in therapy for a while now. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I have therapy experience uh, from the patient perspective. I've had a lot of conversations with therapists. Mm -hmm. um, now, I've had some bad ones that like, er, um, but they weren't bad this way. Usually, like, they're trying to get you to think through your own problems. Right. And come up with your own solutions. Mm -hmm. To be fair, shit test it. Like, is mm -hmm. that reasonable? Does that make sense to you? Why does that make sense to you? And what do you think right. might be wrong with that? Right. And then figure out how to incorporate that back into your life. Right. That, like, you know, let, let's come up with reasonable human solutions here. Right. And then go try those. Right. And, and work with those and see, what, see where you can get with those. Right. Because this sounds like it escalated quickly. Very much so. And it's more like you 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 gave someone, so to speak, it sounds like this therapist somehow indicated to this patient that they had the power and just go do it. And, you know, it's better. Like, somehow that's what went in. Right. And I, I really struggle to believe a therapist actually said it. Right. Because if they did, oh, my God, how new are you? Yeah. Because, whoa, that's not what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit crazy. Yeah. I agree with Beverly. If she has a therapist, she's just a liar. Which, you know, is something she should be working off in therapy. We now see why the girlfriend broke up with her. But anyhow, she has been judged the asshole. The asshole. Not the OP. All right. There we so go. with that, guys, we will be back Thursday night at 8 p.m. for Coffee and Tea with, I believe, Tracy. If not, then Joe will fill in. Um, and then Mountain Bears, we are going to have a little bit of psychic news because something happened over in England. Um, well, in France, there's making psychic news. So we'll be talking about that, too, on Friday at 8 p.m. And, of course, we're back for Psychic That Plans on Sunday. Yay! Yay! All right. So Good with deal. that, guys, we do want to take a moment to thank our baristas. Absolutely, we want we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Yes. And with that, guys, we'll see you later. Good night, y'all. Good night.